every day. Put your running shoes on, sit at your computer, assume the position. My, my writing friends and I used to always say, yes, I sat at my computer, assumed the position of, with my keys on, with my hands on the keyboard. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I help people live empowered and fulfilled lives through movement, mindset, and journaling strategies. Today's guest is Lisa Gardner. At the start of quarantine, Lisa decided to take on a project that would capture a snapshot of this time we're experiencing. Her project is called The Quarantine Diaries, and she expected this daily writing project to last a week or two. Like most of us, she did not expect that we would still be living in uncertain times six months later. I ran across Lisa in a group we were in together where she shared about this project, and I immediately knew I wanted to talk to her. If you are a regular listener to the show, you know I'm constantly encouraging you to journal. So I was intrigued when I heard about this project, and I hope that you'll listen as someone who understands the value of journaling, or is at least curious about other directions you could take your own journaling in this time to help you find direction and purpose. Lisa began her career as a journalist in 1986. She wrote about creative businesses and in doing so learned what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. When she started her consulting firm in 1999, she used that knowledge to help small business owners grow and connect with their ideal clients. Lisa has found that the techniques she uses as a writer are the most important tools in the marketing toolkit. So now, in addition to writing, she conducts writing workshops that are designed to help marketers with content creation, and it's a big part of her Marketing Today university courses and workshops. I'll include the links in the show notes, but you can connect with her at lisagardner.com, L-I-E-S-E-G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. Now, on with the interview. Welcome to the show, Lisa. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me, Kim. I'm, I have looked at your books, I've looked at everything you've been doing, and I'm just so impressed by what you're doing, and i very, very um, honored to be here with you, um, talking about my own little tiny bit of endurance. <laughs> well, I was so fascinated when I saw your story because you are a, a marketer and a storyteller first, right? That's what yes. you do as your career. Right. And I saw in a group that we're both in that you had created this little quarantine project. And I was so fascinated by what you did. And I think that there's a lot of parallels between this project you took on and just endurance in general, whether you're training for a marathon or trying to develop any kind of new habit. And then I just love the storytelling that was involved. So let's start out with you telling us what was your quarantine project that you took on? Sure. Yeah. So um, I have a newsletter. It's called Brand Therapy um, brand therapy newsletter, because that's the style of marketing that I do kind of a nurturing type of marketing. Um, and one, you know, so we'd gone through COVID maybe about three weeks or so. And I was thinking, well, I can make masks. Like I've got my sewing machine. I'm going to make some masks. And I tried doing that and uh, realized I've forgotten all of my sixth grade sewing. Um, <laughs> 
I did make a couple of masks, but then I, then one night I was sleeping and I was having a dream as you, as you have them dream those dreams. And I said, um, I've got a newsletter. I can connect with people. I can tell their stories as we're going through this. I have no idea. It was like in the dream I had said, someone asked me, well, don't you have that exclusive month long newsletter? And I'm like, I don't, but now I do. (laughs) I woke up the next morning and I put together on that whiteboard that I have in my office back there, um, 30 ideas. Can I, could I go 30? Do I have 30 stories? Um, so I decided to, um, I decided I did, I put five together right away. I figured I would be able to, um, write them in advance and I did write five in advance. And then it turned out like I was writing them right on top of the day they were due. So, um, it was a little bit of adrenaline rush. So I said, I put it out there as I'm going to do a newsletter a day for 30 days or until lockdown is over, whichever comes first. Seriously thinking it would only be 15 days. I really thought right. it would be I mean, because who would have predicted did. that we are where we are right now? No, nobody could have. So, and, and I'm sure people are happy that I didn't say for lockdown forever. Because <laughs> that would be like, I'm happy that I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started writing them at that point, And I, then I realized I had to like tell people what it was each time because I think people forget, you know, so each little, each little newsletter had a little tiny bit of a starter of like, I'm doing this for 30 days or until the lockdown is over, whichever comes first. These are stories of inspiration. Um, What we're doing now, pivoting, cooking, um, mask wearing, porch pop-ups. I mean, there was a little bit of everything in there, you know, the drive-by parties, the drive-by graduation happened. Um, so there was a lot of stuff. So once I was done with the 30 days, I looked back on it and I was like, wow, this is a little snapshot of the time we went through. And I put it together as a uh, downloadable book, which came out to about 42 pages. So I did 19 of the essays that were the most popular. And there's, I haven't had a chance to read the full thing, but I did download it and look through the stories. There are some great stories in there. So <laughs> you, you were sending this newsletter to your marketing clients? Yeah. Um, so I have been, I've had the same subscription group, I guess, for maybe several years because I used to be an editor of a magazine that goes to an industry um, called the special events industry. These are people who actually put on um, professional events, like from weddings to bar mitzvahs, then up until the Olympics, um, Super Bowls, um, movie premieres, things like that. So I've been talking to this audience for God, years and years. And um, my newsletter group, though, is a little bit smaller. And I put it out to them. And that was one of my like concerns was that I am now shifting my voice to be talking about, you know, sourdough or a friend who was a photographer that took these amazing pictures of horses on a ranch, you know, and why he took pictures of the horses instead of the buildings. And, you know, and then just some artist kind of things too. On a Saturday, I would just do something beautiful, show some something beautiful or talk about happiness or did I did a Monday morning one. So, you know, the old adage about newsletters and emails is people don't like to get them, but I 
don't believe in that at all. And my whole marketing, um, one of the biggest points that I usually make with people or try to make with people is that email marketing is yours. You own it. Social media is kind of rented space. Mm -hmm. People are here because they want to be, they wanted what I wanted to say when we weren't, you know, in COVID. So hopefully they will like it, not in COVID. And there certainly were some marketing stories and there were stories about people's companies um, that were pivoting like completely from a photo booth um, provider over to um, a provider of, um, I'm going to say this word wrong maybe, but artisanal um, gift boxes that were done from like five different cities so that then they could put those um, artists to work like a chocolatier or a, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like complete business shifts. So the flexibility, I guess, if even in who I am, I guess I found also that on social media and everywhere I was watching, people were really showing who they were and they weren't afraid to then go, I'm just going to make pizza today, or I'm going to show you how to make bread. Um, and they, these were like, I don't know, big, big people, big names were, were doing this, showing us their lives. So it was a really nice time in a way to become flexible with what I was talking about and what I was saying in a way that then could show that I wasn't just a brand on one way street, you know, mm-hmm. so that, cause that's why whole brand therapy thing is that a brand is more than just um, one thing. Like we don't have to just be that stay in that same lane. We can be a brand that also cares about, um, you know, climate change and black lives matter and, um, LGBT. We can show ourselves of being all these things. So it was kind of nice for me to then take off that. I want yoke, I guess I felt, I felt like I was being like, I just don't want to be a marketing person. I want to be all these things that I love, you know, a writer, runner, um, those kind of things. So that was my biggest fear that people would just start subscribe unsubscribe. And you know what? Some did, but less than I thought. And I found that um, the people that stayed, I said, well, those are my people then, you know, that's my audience. That's and what so- I was curious about because I also believe that people love stories. And I think people crave that, especially during this time, I think people craved that connection. And so I could see where that newsletter would be really well received. So one of the things that I read on your website, I think, or maybe at the beginning of the ebook, you said that if you, that when you first started, you weren't intending on going, you know, the 30 days, you didn't know, nobody knew we were going to be in quarantine this long, but you knew that if you stopped, you would let the most important person down. And that most important person was you. So what did you gain from going through this exercise of writing every day for 30 days? Well, one of the most important things, I still did have clients during that time, but everybody was trying to figure out what they were doing. Um, So we were sort of all kind of in limbo. So one of the most important things for that period was purpose. You know, it gave me purpose. Every day I got up, even on Saturdays and Sundays. And so 
I had a lot of work around the house I had to do. Like I own a home that needs, you know, lots of woodwork and things that were, and I had to just put that all on hold. I did not realize what a commitment this would be because I really was writing right on top of my deadlines. And then um, another thing that I found though, was how many stories there are out there. And it was never hard for me to find something to write about. And um, so that was, um, that was a great revelation in a way, because, you know, a lot of people um, struggle with writing their social media or writing a blog or, you know, putting together a podcast. And when you, when you then realize that there are stories everywhere, like I'm so impressed that you are, you are right. You are, uh, you know, you write about running and athleticism and holistic athleticism. And yet you saw a story here that could fit. And um, all of your podcasts are interesting because you've got so many different um, guests. And I think that like, again, to my point of, we're not just one thing. So we can have different, we can go down different avenues. Um, and that's kind of what I also learned too, was that my, that for myself, I could free myself from thinking, oh, everyone only just wants to hear about marketing from me, you know? And so it was really, really, um, I don't know, liberating, I guess, liberating to be able to write about kind of like anything as long as I could kind of weave it back into the, you know, general um, topic of change and inspiration and motivation. Can you give people a little bit of an idea of some of the types of topics that you covered over this 30 days? From being an, um, an editor, you know, in magazines, they've got departments. So there'll be like, you know, the, um, I don't know, the smaller things up in the front and then the bigger stories. And then in the back, there'll always be a little ending story. So as the days progressed, and then as we, I came across my first Saturday, I thought, oh my God, it's Saturday. Like nobody wants me to be hammering at them about like what you need to market your business now, you know, keep on going guys. It's Saturday. Let's take a break. So I said that and I decided that I was going to be honest all the way through. So, so on Saturdays, I decided that I would call it the Saturday sigh, S-I-G-H, to just like, oh God, Saturday. Even though we weren't doing much during the week, it's still, I felt like we should, we needed to still honor the weekends as being that time when we take to recharge. So sat on Saturday, I always did something pretty, um, some kind of beautiful photography, but there was always some sort of a message there still. And then on Sunday, I did cooking. So on Sunday, we cook. Monday was Monday morning, which was M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Did I just spell that right? Morning rather than Monday motivation, you know, in social media, we're like Monday motivation. Like on Mondays during COVID, who wanted to be all like motivated? You know, so um, so that those were the three. And then there were it, then the big business stories or the profiles, I guess, were the COVID interruptus. So companies that had been interrupted by COVID and how they were pivoting. Um, so there were about six, about 10 of those, I suppose. So I broke it down into things that then I could manage and go then, okay, so what, what, um, what um, category does this story fit into? Um, and usually it would be after I wrote it. So um, I just wrote what I liked and then realized that they did fit a pattern. And then there was a rhythm that I got into with it too. 
So kind of putting you on the spot here, but when you talked about the Monday morning thing, it reminded me of, I think that's where the Maria Shriver story fell. You're absolutely right. Yes. Can it you was. recall enough of that story off the top of your head to pique people's interest a little bit? <laughs> yeah. The Monday morning was, um, she, it was on her Sunday newsletter. No, no, no. It was on her Facebook. And um, I gave her full credit for it, of course. And I think I even just, you know, took her words verbatim because they were so beautiful. She said, you know, I was going to start off um, this afternoon talking to you about Monday motivation. And then I realized that we need a time for grieving. People have lost jobs. We've lost um, families. We've lost ways of our lives and we can't just gloss over this. Um, And so we need to take those times to, um, to just recognize that and take a moment rather than, you know, powering through. And I think that, um, you know, as Americans, as, as people who've like, like, you know, power through things, even, even exercise the whole no pain, no gain thing, you know? Um, so it's a, sometimes we just can't power through. Sometimes we have to just stop and, let all of that sink in and whether that means that we're just going to start sobbing, <laughs> that's okay. I think that we needed to have those moments. So Monday morning, that one was about uh, Maria Shriver's. And then I did one on happiness and morning happiness and our, mm. our basic, um, just those little, you know, being able just to go outside, <laughs> and go out to dinner with a friend, those little tiny happiness moments. And so I put that into a little happiness, um, on how we can kind of channel and maybe find some of our own ways to express our happiness. Um, So that was one of the Monday mornings. And um, I think there's one more. I can't remember what it was about, but yeah. Well, I think your stories are so great. So before we get any further in this, I want to make sure that you tell people how to find this so that they can download your ebook with the stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, let's see. Um, You can go to my website, um, lisagardner.com. So that's spelled um, L-I-E-S as in Sam, E, Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. And I just this morning put up a big um, banner at the top, not very big. But um, a banner at the top that says where you can get the book. It's um, I'm going to do it free until August 1st, and then I'll probably pop it on down into my WordPress cart and sell it for you know nominal amount just to just to see. But I figure summer reading it's perfect for summer reading. I have some friends that have um, printed out every day and then go to their backyard with a glass of wine and read it outside. <laughs> I love that. I think that these things that people do, that people have found to do to entertain themselves during quarantine have been so fun. And, you know, sometimes it's just the simple things like going into your backyard with a glass of wine and reading. Or I I hear that we've had a yeast shortage because people are baking so much bread, which is crazy to me. I I know. did not bake any bread, but I think it's such a cool idea. (laughs) <laughs> I did do the sourdough. And so, yes, the sourdough essay is all about how um, Brene Brown, you know, who's the big mm-hmm. thought leader, I was going to write a whole big essay on sourdough bread. Um, I 
you know, I, I've always been a bread baker anyway, not a sourdough person necessarily, but I was going to try the sourdough thing, keep that little yeasty thing alive for <laughs> however long I could do it. And um, she'd come out in the New York Times and she said something about how people are posting their sourdough bread as some sort of self-aggrandizement or self-worth of showing people what they're worth because they can do bread. I was like, that's just so wrong. So I, um, I did a whole essay on that, just going like, I don't understand how could anyone be against something that is actually a very positive, nice thing to do. Usually you've got a couple loaves, you go share it with your neighbors. You know? so, yeah. so I did that essay. That was one of the more popular ones. And I, and I actually put a, um, a recipe for a bread that is not sourdough in there. So if you all want to try that, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. So one of the things I love about this is that so many people I don't love this part. So many people have, I think, gotten in this rut or maybe they were more busy than they ever were because they have kids at home and spouses working from home and they don't have all that so-called free time that everybody's talking about that we should be making our best selves, you know, using to make our best selves. But one of the things I do love is that you use this as an opportunity to have a project and to see this project through and you mentioned three things, I think, that basically helped you get through and follow this process through to the end. And it was setting a goal, being consistent, and connecting with your audience, which I think are, are really great. Do you have anything you'd like to add just to that whole thought process there? Um, yeah, well, I think like, you know, whether we are challenging ourselves mentally or physically, I think there's always um, the same, I guess the same, um, what do you want to call those? This, the, I guess the same tenants are there. You know, you still need to do those same things, no matter if you're going to go out and say, I'm going to start, I'm going to run a marathon next, um, you know, year. Cause you do have to give yourself a year for that. You have to I give yourself a little time. <laughs> just a little time. Um, or, you know, I think, I think people start things with good intentions and then they say to themselves, like I said, like you said in the beginning, like who will care if I do this? Is anybody caring? And I think that that this goes, this goes across all boards. Like again, if you're, a, if you're posting to social media and you get like three likes on something, it does not matter. Just keep going because you will find your audience. You, you, you can't know who's out there, who's going to listen to you or be there for you until you really show up. So I guess showing up would also be the biggest thing. Just show up every day, put your running shoes on, sit at your computer, assume the position. My, my writing friends and I used to always say, yes, I sat at my computer, assumed the position of with my keys on, with my hands on the keyboard. Sometimes that's all you're going to do. I mean, I've even read um, books with, by Stephen King, the, um, the great writer, of course, and he's written so many books. And he said, sometimes I'll just go in and write like 10 sentences. But he goes, he goes, I always make sure that I go in at the same time every day and do my best and try to write those 10 sentences or 10 pages. You know, you never know when that muse is going to hit. So um, you just can't give up on yourself and what you've decided to do. If it's within your wheelhouse, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and skydive every day for 30 days. <laughs> you know? 
if I'm doing something, I'm just going to write a newsletter for 30 days. But it's not just a newsletter, is it? I mean, we have to always look at our stuff and say, it's not just, I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a, you know, writer. I'm not just in anything. You know, we are all, um, we're all who we are working off of a unique platform to make that. And our voices and our work um, expresses that. So I can't. And I I love that you picked a project and you followed through with it and you did it. And I think that that is something that everybody has the capacity to do. And I think that, you know, maybe everybody doesn't have the large marketing audience and a large email list like you do, but everybody has a story that they can tell. And this is something that even if you don't consider yourself a writer, you, you can find a story to tell, whether it's doing it as a YouTube video or a TikTok video or doing it through pictures. I mean, there, or painting. I think everybody has, this is a project, a type of project that anybody could take on. Mm-hmm. And this pandemic doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. So what are your thoughts just on what people can do to kind of get themselves out of this rut or to take on, to, to start something like what you did? Well, yeah, one, I have, um, since Instagram, you know, really began, um, I have been so impressed with how people are so creative and how we all have these artistic leanings, which, you know, come out in different ways, obviously for different people. But, you know, if you are in a rut and you are, um, even if you're depressed and things, I always say the most important thing you can do is help someone else. Go out and find someone else to help. Make someone a sandwich. Um, You know, there's so many groups out there. There's so many people that need help right now. So many food challenged people, so many homeless people. Um, There's just, there's so many things that need our help. That right away gets you out of, your stuff, you know, your self-pity and everything. That's where we get trapped. So to me, it's always um, find that thing you can do, even starting small, that is thinking about someone else other than yourself. And, and if then if you are creating things, start thinking about um, what you can create that then other people would love. Because you are, it's about connection, just about being a chef, you know, is about making food that connects people that tells that that brings people together over a table and over warmth and those kind of things. So nothing, nothing is, um, nothing is unimportant, you know, especially if it affects somebody else and can um, help them and raise them up. Like I love the whole, you know, rising tide raises all boats. So we can all help each other up and this is the time for it. You guys, (laughs) If there's ever been a time, you know, we're so now out of our little bubbles. We used to always be just, oh, let me, what's what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Now it's kind of like, boy, we are all in this together, which has become a battle cry for COVID and pandemic. We're all in it together. So we all need to find a way out um, together. So even something little that someone else is doing, and if you think that you're, you know, if you think, oh, everyone else has a food blog or everyone else is doing cooking you're, they're not going to do it the way you do it, you know? And so I'm so happy to see some of my friends actually get some of their um, food blogs and their Instagrams off the ground. And they're just 
doing such a great job. Um, but they didn't want to do it before because they just felt, oh, everyone is, and why should I, and why is my voice important? I think so it, this kind of reminds me of another question I wanted to ask you as a marketing person. So many people lost their jobs or were furloughed or just lost any means of making income. And you talk about businesses that took this time to pivot. And I think that this is something that we all need to think about too. Well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, if you're concerned about making the living long term, this is a great opportunity to pivot or to find another means of making money. And I'm sure that, you know, when you're talking to other friends who are finally launching that cake decorating business or their cupcake business or their, you know, balloon business or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing all these people come up with these new things. Do you have any advice for people who lost their jobs and they're looking for that next thing so that they're not in this position again down the road? Um, I wish I had a magic, you know, a magic pill for that kind of thing. However, um, you know, it does take, uh, I think that's where the creativity comes in. So in one of the essays, um, in the happiness one, and that morning happiness, and if you were trying to find something, talked about putting some of your, what you love, you know, in one column, what you're really good at in another column, and then where you think or who you think would like that in another column. Mm. So sometimes that can actually just kind of shake up the tree of what you are thinking. Um, and you probably already have an inkling of what you want to do. You know, I mean, no matter what, no matter what you do for a living right now, you probably have a little part of you that has um, a dream. So I would say this would be a good time to start going on um, courses like, I don't even know how to say this word, but it's Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. It teaches you everything. And they're not very expensive, but they're websites for teaching you everything or courses that are given by people. Who, so if you, if there's something particular that you're trying to do and that you don't have the technology or you don't have the, um, you feel like you don't have the ability to even maybe start a blog because you're not sure how to, you know, create one. It teach everything is there. You can learn everything for like ten ninety nine. You know, starting it's pretty good. Um, so I would say to at least start whatever you think you're going to start, and then see where it goes from there. Um, I mean, it's hard because then you don't know. You would still, but you might if you understand where your true passion is and what you really want to do. That might help you as you begin to go on your. Um, you know, over to LinkedIn or to Indeed or wherever you are looking for a new job. And I'm going to tell you, if you are, if you love coffee, start as a barista. I mean, just start. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore because if you don't have any money, you don't have any money. You might as well just go for the job that starts you on your on your journey there. Because I believe just getting your foot in the door anywhere. And not to worry about too much. You can move laterally. Not sometimes we don't always have to move upward. You know, sometimes there's um, lateral moves that make sense that then will take you to another, down another road. Yeah, great advice. You also teach workshops, marketing workshops for content creators. Is that right? I do. I'm putting together a writing workshop right now. Um, So I'm just 
So once you, once you're kind of getting my newsletters and things, you'll get all of that. If you sign up for my, um, if you sign up for quarantine diaries, you'll automatically be put on my newsletter list too. Well, not automatically. I think I have to send out something for, um, the Q, what's the GDPR? <laughs> I have to like make sure that you want it. Right. But if you, if you do go to sign up for the newsletters, you'll get everything that I'm doing. So in the next, um, at the end of this month, I'm going to do something on with another friend. She does sales um, workshops. She, we're going to do marketing, like how to get the phone to ring. And then she's going to take over sales of when the phone does ring and what to do. Very nice. Doing that. And then um, I'm going to be doing the writing workshop for people who have now been like journaling and have all of this great um, content that, and where to put it and how to put it and how to write it for social media and how to write it for um, blogs and how to start some blogs up. So that I'm hoping to um, start by the end of this month too. So I'm just now putting that together. At least I have the the banner for it. That's most important. That's awesome. The, That's art, awesome. the art for it, yeah. So yeah. And would you have any tips for anybody who wants to improve their storytelling ability? Where do they start if they want to become a better storyteller? Hmm. Well, I think that you always need a structure. No matter what, you need you know you need to know the reason why writers. Um, good writers um, exist, <laughs> I guess, and, and sell books is that they know they have an aim, they have a goal. So they know what they're going to say. And then they've got a structure that they put it in. You need that beginning, you need that middle, and you need the end, which sounds really pedantic and really boring. But you know, you don't have to make the beginning is not going to be boring. Like, you know, this was the best of times, this was the <laughs> worst times, right? That's a great beginning. So, but I always say to writers to just start and get anything down on paper because um, your lead or your very first sentence or that fabulous, you know, first sentence by Charles Dickens, he probably didn't start the book off with that when he started. He probably just started writing the story. And then he realized he was writing about, you know, two times and two tales and two cities. So um, sometimes your story is hidden. The kernel of your story is hidden in what um, in your brain. And as soon as you start writing, it comes out. And it's amazing what you can, like I say, looking back at these 30 newsletters, I was just going along, chugging along, writing them. And at the end of it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a complete snapshot of everything that we went through, you know, from, like I say, from the graduations and people having to drive past houses, um, what are they, what were they called? Drive-by birthdays and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was all in there. So then when I realized that, then I was like, oh, it, it really is the quarantine diaries. I wasn't going to call it that until um, the end of it, really. And I put it together. I'm like, it is a diary from this time, you know? So I always just tell people just to start writing. Don't don't be fearful of it. Um, if you love writing, um, the, I think the one thing that people don't do as writers is they don't sit down and write. Like it's not going to do it. It's not going to do it itself. You need need, like your butt in a seat in front of a computer or um, paper. I mean, I know that sounds just sad, right? The inspiration will come as you're doing that, but you need to sit down and start. I can so relate to that. 
I don't think I have ever done anything harder than writing my book. And I had deadlines. You know, when you have a publisher, you have deadlines that you have to meet and you don't get to miss the deadlines. And so sometimes I'll be a good writer. (laughs) And I would just be sitting there going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know what I'm going to turn in. And it was some days so hard, but you had to be consistent and you had to sit your butt down. And it was just like training for a marathon. Another one of those things that you can't put off till the last minute and you can't fake it. Otherwise it doesn't get, it doesn't get done. Well, one thing that um, I do for everything is I write it, like I write it on one day and I let it marinate. And so then I come back to it in the morning. So things like that, little tricks like that, you'll learn that you'll like go, then you come back to it and you look at it and you print it out and you look at it in the morning and you go, it's so, it'll be so clear that, oh, I see. This was just a bunch of, you know, journal writing at the front. And this is where my real story is. And I can get rid of all the other thing. Cause that's the other thing is do not be afraid to edit yourself. You know, they say in writing school, don't be afraid to kill your darlings because, you know, we all fall in love with something we've written, you know, a word or a um, phrase. And we're like, oh, it's was so smart. That was so great. And then it has nothing to do with anything you're writing. So just, you know, take it, put it aside for for later and um, continue on if it doesn't fit into the work that you're doing there. Yeah. When I was in college, I was an advertising major. And so often our professors would give us feedback on our copywriting. All right, this is great. Now go chop off that first paragraph. That's where your story starts. That's right. But I loved, I slaved over that beginning. And you're like, uh, yeah, it wasn't really that good. Right. Yeah. When you look at it back on it, sometimes it really isn't. Sometimes it is. And then you can save it for something else. But, but you wouldn't, and this is like life, right? You would not have gotten to that great second paragraph if you hadn't written the crappy first one. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, there's your life lesson right there. <laughs> yeah. So this was such a great conversation. We were all over the place, but I really appreciate you being willing to go all over the place with me. Now I can. I'm free. That's kind of how my brain works. So I love it. <laughs> so as our final question, I ask the same question at the end of every interview. Power Up Your Performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. What are three traits that you think all champions possess? Champions in life, champions in business. It could be champion in every any realm that you want to address. Right, right. Oh, there's so many, of course. But I picked three for you. Um, I pick uh, tenacity. I mean, I think you can never say never. You can never say no. You always say yes. And yet you just keep going. So I guess tenacity slash total ridiculous optimism. <laughs> um, the next one would be focus. There's this great um, story that uh, Warren Buffett, you know, who's richer than God, tells of how he figures out how to be successful and what he what makes him a champion really is take a list, make 25 things you want to do, make your goal of 25 things in your life, and then cut out 20 and only focus on five. Focus on the five um, and never go back and look at those 20. Never get distracted from them. And that, you know, I just, that is funny when you pick up things. I just picked that up last month and I'm like, oh, okay. So it's some things I don't, I will say no to, you know, so that opportunity or something when it comes in the door because it doesn't fit into my top five things. 
So. Yeah. Focus. I know. Well, there's a reason why he is the sage of, <laughs> of all things um, successful. And the last thing would be joy. Simply joy. You've got to be happy at what you do. You can't be a champion. You cannot be successful unless you absolutely adore what you're doing. And I have to say, I'm ridiculously happy doing what I do. So, um, and joy is one of those words I think might be kind of like old and quaint, but um, joy is pretty powerful. So, I love that word too. And if it is old and quaint, then I'm right there with you. <laughs> it is kind of old and quaint, right? But it's but then, gosh, three letters that packs a pow, packs a punch. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I am just so honored and happy to be here and um, made a new friend. Thank you. (laughs) Hey there, it's Kim. Before I let you go, I just wanted to wrap up this episode. I loved the three traits that champions possess that Lisa shared, tenacity, focus, and joy. This is always my favorite question of every interview because I love hearing the different takes on that question. We also learned that there are stories everywhere that you just need to sit down and start, especially if something seems hard or challenging. Lisa challenged us to think about what we could write about. She also asked, what makes you happy and how could you express your happiness? And that makes me wonder what kinds of exciting ways each of us, all of you, could come up with to choose happiness and express happiness in our lives every day. Listening to Lisa also makes me curious about what other creative things people are doing to express themselves and pass time during quarantine and whatever amount of lockdown that you are in where you live. What are you doing? What kinds of hobbies are you having? What are you immersed in? If you have picked up a new hobby or you're involved with an old one, let me know at CoachKim at ThePowerOfRun.com. I want to hear what you're up to. And if you find something that excites you and you think you might want to start a business or start a podcast or start something new and creative, Lisa reminded us to have fun with these new hobbies and not worry that there are hundreds or thousands of other people doing the same thing because no one will do it your exact way. You are unique and the way you express yourself is unique. So even if somebody is using the same idea they still, the two things will not be alike. And if you're feeling down, find someone that you can help. It always lifts your spirits. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Get out there and write, share your thoughts, express yourself, and have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run. And you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.